This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> The army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this. Bada bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. <laughs> Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for This is Live at Five, Live at Five, Live at Five. Eight minutes after um, five o'clock. Am I, am I loud enough? Let me just increase this. Excuse me while I increase this. Oh, there we go. Sounds much better. Uh, it's a hump day Wednesday edition of the Live at Five show with... What are you doing? Uh, Eric Clapton. No, no, me. Uh, Glenn Curry here. And uh, it's dark out. You already know that. It's been in the 30s. It was uh, flur- you know, had some flurries earlier. Someone said there is snow on the ground somewhere, but it's, it's weird to see a car drive through town with you know the snow on its front hood. Or it's like, where'd you come from? Uh, snow has yet to arrive, really, uh, in any decent amount so far this this uh, this fall. It's still fall, but you know how things start much earlier up here. But we just haven't seen it. So, like I said, I, I, I am. I, someone should come out with a bumper sticker, regardless of whether or not people would actually put them on their cars anymore, because they don't. But someone should say, "I'm okay with global warming. I'm okay. I'm from the Northeast. We've been ridiculed uh, for being the, uh, the coldest, snowiest part of the world because, but because to, of the shift of the of the Earth's axis." It looks like we're the benefactor of uh, weather that would uh, be accustomed to, say, Virginia or, or, or North Carolina. We have turned ourselves, I, it, maybe God wanted this, uh, into a, uh, a future Mecca for, for, for a lot of people. You watch. I'm seeing it already. Last night, Channel 7 uh, did a, a story about how, uh, for instance, local schools like Watertown High School, and for that matter, JCC, are preparing to get uh, you know, their, uh, their students, their student body, uh, trained for the new Micron chip. Uh, I, I hopefully I'm saying that right, uh, that correctly. I should say down in the Syracuse area. It's a uh, what a five six billion dollar. I mean, it's going to be the biggest biggest addition to Upstate since I, I can't even tell you. But it's certainly a new Kodak. That's the best way I can equate it. And again, I'm no aficionado about how many jobs or what, whether or not it's going to pay over fifty dollars an hour. But thank God we don't have AOC chasing them out of central New York because this is already happening. They're building it right now. So the story on Channel 7 last night was this is the future. And with that, uh, property values, you know, certainly within central New York are going to be going up as a result of this. But we will be uh, benefiting from as well because that just means more money from within the 150-mile uh, radius from where we are right now. And if you've noticed, uh, it, or at least if you have any property in uh, Pillar Point, Shamo, uh, even on the river, or especially on the river, I should say, sorry, 
the heritage of Kodak-owned properties. In other words, people that travel as far as Rochester and Greece and Soda's Point with property up here. That was generations ago, but that was the way it was. I mean, you know, you, you had a hunting camp or a fishing camp or a duck hunting camp, whatever, that someone bought for pennies on the dollar back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And that's how the generational thing happens. And then they, they inherited it, and price, prices go up. Baby boomers replace them. Next thing you know, those properties in Pillow Point are worth two hundred, three hundred, sometimes $400,000. With this, it just increases uh, properties as well, particularly those, those elite properties on the water. So that's going to be first, but I really see this area changing. Our weather's changing. We have that to talk about and the, uh, the different businesses that are going to be associated with that. You know, you build a stadium in the Bronx, uh, and they did that before the Bronx became what the Bronx became. Uh, you're going to have a lot of other businesses around it. So when you build a micron chip or company of, of one million square feet, I don't know, they, it's just going to be an enormous facility. It's going to take at least four years to build. You're going to have a lot of other ancillary businesses scattered throughout the area. So it's going to be exciting. That is, if, of course, if we're still here. <laughs> so in the back of my mind, this is great. You know, the stock market's up. You know, it seems like gas prices are, st- you know, not bad. I wish they were back to Trump era pricing. Inflation is still there. I go to Piggly Wiggly and I barely fill a bag of whatever. And I always forget to bring the bag that I bought the last time for $1.69. So I have to buy another one. And that inevitably costs anywhere between $50 and, and $55. And I know that just from three years ago when Trump was president, that I would go there or somewhere similar, reasonable facsimile, buy about the same amount of stuff because Sharon and I are meat and potatoes people. We buy the same stuff. And uh, it was anywhere between $25 to $35. And I'm not making this up. I'm not just inflating the prices here. Inflation is very, very real. So when I see today on Fox News that Nikki Haley once again has been endorsed by yet another person Actually, several, but today uh, they, they had her and uh, Governor Sununu. I'm assuming that was her dad that was, that was the governor of New Hampshire there years ago, the guy that used to be on, on Fox back in the 90s and whatnot. They had them at a diner, and he spoke very highly of Nikki Haley. And then she said, you know what, Trump was great. She loved his policies, but chaos always follows him. And I find that fascinating because like she, like so many other people, were big fans of Donald Trump. But now they're jumping ship. And that's why I wanted to lead into the latest, and I mentioned it yesterday, on her own congresswoman, Claudia Tenney, and that she has yet to decide, and by the way, folks, this is big, on who to endorse as president. And uh, I only know that because of uh, the guy that she runs ran against, I believe, the last two cycles on the Republican side uh, via a primary uh, was Mario Frado, and he sent me the information and whatnot, so... Wow, this is, this, this is big news. Is this, I mean, again, things are changing. If you notice a news junkie, they're changing the districts once again, which is unprecedented. Read the article. It's huge. It's one of those stories that seven may may not do, but it's, it's, it's unreal in that every 10 years, every state in America reassesses their districts for, for both their state districts, for senators, so forth. Sometimes they'll restructure things for the for the. Uh, Assembly, and more importantly, for the congressional districts, based on the uh, the country's overall population. So, like Illinois and New York and California, they lost a lot of a lot of people within ten year period. It's going to be worse because a lot of those numbers back in the early part of this decade already left uh, just you know exited New York uh, during COVID. 
So that in itself means that we are we might be part of another district. I don't know when all this is going to happen, but the whole goal of this, Albany is just trying to suck up as many of the existing uh, congressional districts and, and lean and obviously direct them in the area of the Democrats because they lost four seats last year, including George Santos, who has been uh, disgracefully let go. Thank God he was expelled last week or so. So then we have those three Republican uh, uh, congressional districts that they want back. And in order to do that, uh, they are going to reassess things. It's unprecedented. I don't know if it's constitutional, but it's a big, big story. And in the process, that's why, and again, I'm, I'm, I don't know this for sure, but if you're someone like Congresswoman Tenney, you've got to be careful because you're in a blue state and you got to you got to look at your at your backyard and determine who you want to speak to. Are these Trump fans or are these anti-Trump fans? Is my new district going to have more Democratic voters in the uh, uh, I don't know uh, Finger Lake district? Is it going to include people from Tompkins County or wherever Ithaca is, which is pretty much a, a haven for liberal voters? Then she's got to start saying, "Geez, do I want to endorse former President Donald Trump?" These are the trials and tribulations of politics. One day you're best friends with the president. You're at Mar-a-Lago having the time of your life. And a couple of uh, months later, you start realizing your state is now redistricting your district once again. And if you endorse President Donald Trump, it might work against you, especially for someone like Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, who has to be careful because she's teetering there and she already lost a, 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 a race against the guy who later ran for judge and lost whichever, Brandisi, whatever his name was. So she has to be careful. She's First of all, first and foremost, I think, well, I know rather, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney is excellent. She's exactly what Jefferson County needs for Germany's, just like uh, Congresswoman Stefanik. Both of them together are great representatives. But at the same time, you, you wonder, well, do we, do we want someone who's even more conservative than Claudia Tenney? And that being, of course, Mario uh, Frado. Uh, check that. Uh, yeah, Mario Frado. I'm, I'm getting my Italians mixed up now. I'm thinking of uh, uh, the guy from the Giants now, DeVito. Excuse me. Uh, so this is going to be interesting. It's still not a political uh, season yet, but things are changing. And when Nikki Haley got that endorsement, and all of a sudden she got, or she got the Koch brothers a couple weeks ago, and now she's got Sununu going into the New Hampshire primary in a couple of months, that's huge. Let's see what happens. And, and also the, the latest news about Haley actually in a, in a, in a spinoff against uh, President Joe Biden wins by 17 points. That, that in itself is, un, is, is amazing. So anyway, let's go to the phones. Getting things started here. Hi, you're in the air. Yeah, Glenn. Talking about Micron. Yeah. Um, I heard, I watched a program about it. They're talking the, the whole realm of this business. Mm -hmm. They are talking 50,000 jobs. That's incredible. That's Not just, you know, at the factory, but all the jobs that will be there right. and probably all the jobs around it sure. that it's going to create. Mm -hmm. But the one thorn that's been in my side, now, doesn't anybody from the county or the city keep up on this uh, stuff that's going to show up? Uh, we had no representative to bid on it. Hmm. Um First of all, I'm down there all the time. They're not near 81. They're mm. about six, seven miles, and they're inland. Mm. And there's a whole bunch of traffic there on 31. Mm. So it's not like it's convenient. Mm. Um, we've got tens of thousands of acres here along 81 mm -hmm. that a factory like that could be built. Right. It's like Amazon. Right. 
They're only 62 miles from Watertown to where the factory is going to be, not yeah. even 60, well, let me, not, maybe not even 60 miles. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, uh, you know, we're 500 miles away from this company. No. And why wouldn't somebody, do we have anybody that looks into this stuff? Well, I don't, well, that would be obviously part of the JC idea. I but mean, if I, you know, yeah. I mean, Glenn, no. why wouldn't we? Well, here, let me just say, and, and as far as the bidding process, remember, this, this came out of the blue, although someone told me that this has been in the works for some time. I don't remember oh, ever has. hearing this. It has for quite a while. So, but, but that said, Central New York is Central New York for a reason, and, and obviously it was the site of the Erie Canal, which was built in 1825, and then ultimately, years later, Rockefeller built the, uh, the throughway. It's near the throughway, which is, makes it vitally important, plus it's got a major airport there. So it's just more attractive to a company to build it down there. I, I did not know it's six miles away from from the throughway. I did not know that. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's quite a ways. It's in the it's in the inland to Clay. It's near, um, I'd say, a few miles from 481 that cuts across. Huh. Who knows? So Maybe Mike Lundy sold the highway <laughs> yeah. where yeah. the trucks can go in right. and out and, and all that. Right. It's not that convenient. Well, okay, so, all right, but let me just let me just say this as a as a I guess an adjacent market, especially one that offers a lot of you know water, if you will, Lake Ontario, the river. Don't you see us being a benefactor to all this when it's finally said and done, when it's complete, when we're like eighty years old? Well, uh, it might, but I think that this area would offer a lot more. Wow, that ship has sailed, Clay. unfortunately. Clay yeah, is out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Well, they're, uh, you know, they're off 81, seven, eight miles. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it cro- 481 crosses the path. Um, yeah, and again, with 50,000. Yeah. To Liverpool right. and that way. Yeah. So it's not, you know, that's I, why I just don't understand. It's well, all right, right. Let me just throw one other thing out there. First of all, you need a work base, you need a workforce. And with Carrier down there, you got, and you got those colleges. Um, you're going to need, again, remember when, when Fort Drum expanded, uh, when they mentioned the big expansion, they didn't have enough housing. And by 2012, they were building house, housing around this area all over the place. So if you're going to provide 50,000 jobs, and again, not just for the actual Micron place itself, you're going to need an area with a bigger population than Jefferson County. So whether or not it's yeah. convenient or not off in clay, or it could do better up here in the industrial park, the big problem is, is getting people to work there within uh, 30, 30 miles. That's the key. Okay. All right. I, I could see that. But why are they here? Well, they're here come? because, uh, well, what do you mean why are they here? They're not here. They're, they're in clay, like you mentioned. They're their uh, Watertown High School. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, because, no, no, the study says that, and again, b- bear in mind that people in Cortland, people in Ithaca, people in, uh, you know, like in Utica, they're all, everyone's going to benefit from this in one way or another. So, you know it, how many people from this area uh, for years mm-hmm. drove to the Miller Brewery? Yeah, sure. Um, there Fulton. Was a, um, drove to the new plant in right. Oswego to work every single day of yeah. their life. Sure. Now, if they want people from our area, yeah. that means they haven't got enough people to go to work. Well. And people from here mm-hmm. will travel less than an hour mm. to go to work right. and make really good money. Yeah, they still do it. So Look at Adams. This is all going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like good. We did that when I was growing up. There were hundreds of people mm-hmm. 
going going to Oswego mm-hmm. and Miller Brewery mm-hmm. and working in Syracuse, you know, right. 70 right. miles away. Right. That was good-paying jobs, so too. So why, you know, if it's so good down there and they have so many people, wow. why do they have to go all around the state to train people, and they're paying for it. They're well, spending four million dollars. Right, well, let's just let's just say this: that they're going to delegate. You know, they're going to look at areas, like I said, within 100, 150 miles. But the predominant number of people working there are probably going to be within thirty miles. So let's just say that sixty to seventy percent of the workforce is going to be coming in within twenty-five to thirty miles, and then the remaining forty percent is going to be the you know other people that would be traveling as far as say seventy, yeah. eighty miles. Well, I just. They're going to need to cover the gambit. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. No, I thank you. Okay, good. And, of course, the reason why they're doing this is because Taiwan is going to be invaded in the next two years. I forgot to throw that in there. Because from what I understand, microchips, or the majority of them, are made on Taiwan. It's our technology, just like everything else. And I was talking to a guy that uh, is talking about the uh, the appliance business. You know, your refrigerator, your, your, your air conditioner. And it's like the Duke brothers from Trading Places. It's China is cornering in on the market. Ever since they bought GE, they bought all the patents. They got all the factories. They got all the cheap labor. And a lot of these companies that you've seen over the years, like Kenmore, Whirlpool, they're all losing out. And uh, they're, they're just being dominated by one, you know, just like, just like America's uh, political system, essentially being run by one party. So it's happening all over the place. Oh, but China's our friend, right? Hi, you're in the air. Hey, Glenn. Uh, getting back to that microchip yeah. place there. Yeah. I I own a place in Adam Center. Yeah. It's a duplex. Mm-hmm. I have had a real estate conglomerate or whatever mm-hmm. calling me and just wanting my house. Okay. But how much? They haven't said anything because I don't want to sell. Oh come on! All right, so let me ask you right now: what what is uh, what are, what do they call that service? Uh, Zoom? What is it called? What what's your house assessed at now? The duplex? Uh, about one hundred sixty nine thousand. So what would be your price? Like from the Ted DiBiase, the the million dollar man. What every man has his price. What would you sell it for? Well, I built it. So I'm kind of sentimental to it. Oh, you're, you're you're crazy! Come on, I mean you got it. You got to talk, Nick. We don't live forever, and you can't take it with you. So if someone well, came up, I know because my wife just passed no, away. No, I know, and and which is awful. Is that I'm just yeah, not right in my head yet. All right, but let me but just okay. Well, aside from that, and I don't want to get personal because that's that that's a huge factor. I understand that. If someone offered two hundred fifty thousand, would you take it? Long pause. If I can, yeah, probably. All right, there you go. If I can buy a house down on and take cash right. for a place down on the lake. There you go. And a done deal. That's just one of many. And if they're in, do you think this is directly related to the new plant that we're talking about? Do you think that's what's happening? Yes, because they are, like you said, people used to drive from right. this distance. Mm-hmm. To Syracuse mm-hmm. for those jobs, but, and they're going to be high-paying jobs. Let me make it very clear, that, and not to sound like Leon 2.0 from Fox News, but people are still doing that. I mean, if you if you go if you live in Adams, you wouldn't believe how many people in Adams go back and forth to Syracuse every day. Oh yeah. So it's not no, like I it's a thing of the past. Used to be ciders mm-hmm. that went to Syracuse every day. Right. No, it's still happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, I got to go only because Joe's calling yeah, in a couple minutes. Worried. I got to do a break. But thank you, my friend. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this new plant. And yeah, it sucks that it's not here. 
but uh, there's going to be a lot of different things that are going to grow uh, that are going to grow f- or as a, as a result from all of this. And again, it's going to take at least five to ten years to see all that. But if you have any property around here, just like that gentleman, a benign duplex in Adams, Adams Center, hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, that goes up and doubles in value. I, I don't want to just sound like a money-hungry, you know, uh, wannabe here, but uh, things are changing, and you know, it, it's it's amazing when you speak with realtors. Uh, especially during COVID, the amount of people coming up from the South, Texas, Arizona, Florida, Carolina, who are just sick and tired of the oppressive heat. I mentioned this before, Texas Rangers, they had a stadium they built in 1994, and they replaced it less than 20 years later, or just about that. And the reason why is because the average temperature in Arlington, Texas, went up five degrees every summer. And every believe me, the summers in Texas are oppressive back in the 20s and 30s, 40s, right through the 80s and 90s. But they got worse. And things aren't getting any cooler. So all those people that, that, that just said, oh, I'm going to go to the Carolinas or I'm going to get out of here. And again, we're talking heavy, uh, hot, hot weather, which to me, as an older adult especially, I can't deal with that. I just can't, especially during the summer months when you're supposed to be enjoying it. Let's do another phone call here, and then I'll take Joe's call. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, Glenn, just want to let you know on uh, TV7, they said they're adding 1,500 more troops to Fort Drum. So. Really? Wow. When, was that just announced today? Yeah, just, yeah, just on the evening news. Uh, they're, That's a they're half coming a... here, 1,500. Wow. I don't know, some kind of uh, division of some sort. You could look it up. Chuck Schumer made the announcement. Wow. So Jeez. Wow. That's wow. on channel seven tonight so that's another 1500 people here so where are they sending him to uh, uh gaza <laughs> if chuck sumer announced it i'm wondering if there's any association well, with... no I, I i can't remember what uh division they said it was or whatever it is. that's half uh, a brigade look right it up. There. you'll see what it is and, i will you know i appreciate it all right thanks my friend that's uh tim the enchanter all right, I'll just wait for Joe to call in because if I do the break now, he'll be hanging for a couple of minutes. But here's what I want to talk to Joe. I don't know if you heard about this. And I don't go to Panera Bread, I, although I love Panera Bread. I just don't think about going over there. But they have this, this lemonade, lemonade, that cool and refreshing drink. Uh, the most recent, there's a lawsuit here. Am I reading this right? Yeah, here it is. Charge Lemonade. Uh, highly caffeinated, sold at Panera Bread. A large 30-ounce charged lemonade with ice contains 237 milligrams of caffeine. And uh, although Panera previously listed the same drink as having only 390 milligrams, whatever. So two people have died from this. Uh, a separate lawsuit filed in October a couple of months ago by the same law firm blamed Panera and its charged lemonade for wrongful death of a 21-year-old college student. Let's see if this is Joe. And it is. It's uh, Attorney Joe Stanley. How you doing, Joe? I'm good, Brian. How are you? Good, good, good. Uh, I thought I'd shift attention to uh, a local restaurant. I just mentioned it called Panera Bread uh, that has uh, two lawsuits, two wrongful death lawsuits based on its highly charged lemonade. Joe, have you heard about this? I did read about it, yes. So the more recent example happened just a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, someone who was mentally challenged uh, would love the tea, and uh, he drank five glasses of this. He did have a heart condition, and he died of cardiac arrest at the hospital that same day. Uh, this also It also happened to a college student back in October. Someone, I don't know whether or not he wanted to stay up to do uh, examinations, but we're talking about charged lemonade 
with uh, over th- a 30-ounce charged lemonade, uh, Joe, contains 237 milligrams of caffeine. So, you know, we heard about this before. I've actually seen people on operating tables where their heart seems to... I mean, this one kid drank like five or six Red Bulls, and it looked like it was anime. It looked like something out of The Thing, the movie, things popping out of people's body. It was his heart. Uh, should, uh, should we worry about what we're drinking at Panera Bread these days, Joe, or do it in moderation? Well, I mean, when you drink Red Bull or highly, highly charged lemonade, you, you, know, you should be aware of what you're drinking. I mean, you know, you can take caffeine tablets. You can buy them over the counter. I mean, you could. I remember when I was in college, people took them and would take, you know, I think they were 100 milligram tablets and they'd, you know, right. I don't know, they'd take to stay awake or whatever. I, uh, yeah, lots of people take lots of things to stay awake. Right, caffeine, among them, caffeine among them. So, is I mean, if you if someone comes in and says, "Hey, Panera Bread is responsible for my child's son's death," uh, is that a case that you would take, Joe? I would refer that to somebody who actually is doing those cases. But is yeah. it? But it sounds like it's you know it's a legitimate case. I mean, you know, one day you you know, you, but he drank five of them, so. Is, is Can someone in the court of law say, well, you know, you got to do things in moderation and it's your own responsibility to do that. Uh, Panera Bread's not going to stop you from going from drink three, four, or five. Uh, I, that, to well, me, at least, would be the outcome in my mind. Well, there's 150 milligrams or so in one, a cup of coffee, if I'm not mistaken. And I know there's quite a bit. There might be more. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. To me, that's a tough case, other than a failure to warn that it can't, contains significant amount of caffeine like tea and coffee. I mean, there isn't any warnings on tea and coffee saying how much caffeine that's in them. Right. So why would a drink be? I'm hard-pressed to figure out the legal theory. Yeah. You know, if it was an extraordinary amount, Mm -hmm. but... I wonder if... You know, if it's the equivalent of two cups of coffee... Right. I'm not sure. Mm Mm-hmm where we're going. Lots of people drink two and three cups of coffee in the morning. So I'm wondering, though, if, say, that many milligrams in one, say, 12 or 16-ounce glass, and it doesn't have a warning on it because you're getting it directly from the fountain, uh, it sounds as if Pernera might ha- I either have to you know, take that off the shelf altogether or, or put up some type of warning that says, hey, you know, you, you should take this you know, in small doses. I don't think that's possible, though. Well, again, there isn't any for coffee. No, that's and true. Take a, well, you know, there's an A for tea. We can not, drink ourselves to death Bull. in our own home. I mean, Red Bull really is essentially a caffeine drink. When I drink Red Bull, I don't know if you've ever drank it before, Joe, or any one of those. They all taste like bubble gum to me. And it's like, you know, the one thing, you know, they, they a lot of people will claim that sugar or saccharin is the root of all evil. I, I for one, I just can't believe how many how many caffeinated products there are out there. Uh, so when I see a story like this from a well-known chain like Panera, I wonder, you know, with all the products that you have there, why would you risk, you know, you know, injuring someone or, or luring someone to their own death? They didn't know it until it happened. Why do they need to have caffeinated lemonade in their stores to begin with? Uh, you know, that is a marketing issue. I mean, one could say the same thing is why do they sell ca- Why do they only have the caffeinated coffee? I guess it's... Hmm. Really, a question of marketing and what consumers want. 
Right. And it's it's funny that you because that was what was going to lead into my other. This is somewhat related, Joe. Uh, have you? I, I forgot the name of the company, but McDonald's is going to su- set up their own coffee shops. But there's fear from Starbucks that they're they're taking their own business model and they're altering it into their own favor. In other words, they're going to have the same similar type of menu, you know, croissants, uh, the muffins, obviously coffee. And price points are probably going to be similar. And Starbucks is warning McDonald's, you better not look like us or else. Uh, have you read anything about that, Joe? I actually have been. They have those in Europe. I have actually been to a McDonald's coffee shop in Europe. I didn't realize it was. But, yeah, I actually have been in one. It, it, it is similar. The problem is that there's, you know, there's other chains that are all very similar. If you go to any city, you know, there's three or four chains that look like Starbucks. True. Or McDowell's. <laughs> you know, again, you, not everybody owns the rights to selling a croissant, Joe. So I guess there's a fine line to something that looks like a menu from somewhere else. Coffee, like you just said, it could be served in your own home. It's obviously in a mug. It, you know, you can have a different flavor to it. But for the most part, no one can capitalize and say, hey, this coffee is ours and not yours. Right, Joe? Yeah. I know. I think that a coffee shop, you know, is a coffee shop and, you know, it, it's based on service and the quality of the products that you have. And right. presumably those are going to be different because I know Starbucks is a sells proprietary products. Right, and right. I think McDonald's does also. So let me ask you, uh, where do you get your coffee, uh, Attorney Joe Stanley? I don't drink coffee. I only drink tea. I, I can't drink coffee at all. It makes me sick. Does it but, really? Uh, wow. Yeah. So I drink tea. I drink green tea. I make my own. Mm-hmm. I buy my own specialty green teas. And I buy, when I travel, I have I, I get green tea from Japan. Wow. So I... You got the whole gambit. Wow, you, that's incredible. I know a lot of people, my, my wife doesn't drink coffee. She drinks a little bit of it, but I just can't imagine a day without it. But that said, tea, particularly this time of year in cold, windy weather that we have in December and January, tea comes in very handy, Joe. So, I, And also, tea has caffeine. We just talked about it. It was the iced tea that they had. A, oh, check that. It was the lemonade that they had that was caffeinated at Panera Bread. So I'm with you there. So, Joe, whenever we are, go out and about, and we're buying caffeinated products, saccharin, uh, you know, should we just, you know, just use our common sense? Is that what it all comes down to, Joe? Well, I, you know, a lot of places have a law that you can look at the ingredients of what's in whether you what you're drinking and eating. And whenever you go to a fast food restaurant, you know, one should always figure out exactly what you're eating. Right. And, yeah. Uh, mass produced food, you know, we the experts will tell you most of it's not that good for you. No, it's not. And if anything, I read something years ago that they said that the average American, when he or she dies, it takes them a lot more uh, to deteriorate or to, you know, after you're put, you know, six feet under because of all the salts in our body. We, we, our bodies are, are, are preserved longer than the average cadaver, Joe. Isn't that a great stat for all Americans these days? Thanks to McDonald's and all. Yeah, there is a lot of salt. I mean, if you want to go on a salt-free diet, you almost have to cook your own food because there is so much salt and other preservatives in all, you know, not just ultra-processed food, but almost everything. Everything, yeah. Not to mention sucrose. You know, sometimes you want you don't want sugar, and yet, you know, how many things have sugar in it, and you you wouldn't even detect it, but it's there. 
uh, or, or chocolates or you know, whichever stuff that just adds up and, and it becomes glue in our arteries. It's amazing that we actually have the median age over 70 years old because of all the stuff that we eat, particularly people in urban cities. I, it's disgusting. It's real. It's something we should always be careful about. And I know Mike Bloomberg years ago tried to reduce the average, uh, well, whatever, uh, soda, uh, fountain soda from 24 ounces to 16 ounces, and everyone thought he was crazy. Joe, I thought he was right on target, and, um, I, and that never happened. So, but whatever. I, 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 that was about 10, 12 years ago. I thought he was on the on the mark for that, in my opinion, at least. Well, you know, Philadelphia has a big soda tax, and that was one of the legacies of their outgoing mayor. That he, everyone hated him for it at the time, and now everybody thinks it's a great idea. Interesting, so, fancy, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's how it goes. It, you know, there was a recall, as you never know what's in your food. Right. You know, sun-dried potatoes, mm-hmm. and there's a big recall because it has undisclosed sulfites in it, mm-hmm. and you know, unfortunately, sulfites for people who have an allergy can kill you. Wow. And. Uh, mm. It's a huge problem. You know, there's a lot of, hmm. I, I do study recalls every week on food and products, and it's just amazing hmm. the I, amount of things that do go wrong right. and are dangerous. Right, right. And I hear nothing but horrible stories about how these conglomerates are taking over all the smaller, uh, 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 I don't want to call them slaughterhouses, but pr- production places down in south, and uh, their, their conditions, their working conditions are worse and uh, as a result of that, I can just imagine what the output of food is all about. But that's for another day altogether. Joe, it's always good speaking to you. I will be here next. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm, I keep thinking next week is Christmas, but we do this every Wednesday. But if someone wants to reach out to you, Attorney Joe Stanley, or any one of your associates right here at your Watertown office or at your main office in Burnett Avenue in Syracuse, how can one do that? StanleyLawOffices.com is our website. My email is joe at StanleyLawOffices.com, and the phone number is 1-800-608-3333. Excellent. Joe, thank you very much. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next Wednesday, sir. Thank you, Thanks. Thank you. Attorney Joe Stanley here on the Live at Five show, and I got to do a break. Right now, it's 20 minutes before the hour. We'll be back after this. Who's ready for the holidays? 5658-2004. Five, Thanks, of course, to Attorney Joe Stanley. And something I wanted to share with you, the big movie that came out last month in November, Leave the World Behind. No, it's not a Bond movie. It's a Netflix movie. And, of course, the new movie model is you don't have to wait for the VHS version or, you know, wait for it to come out on HBO in a couple of months. You can wait for a movie that was released in the movie, in the theaters, rather, and wait just, what, a couple weeks later for it to be out on Netflix. So the, this movie is getting a lot of attention, obviously, because, one, it's uh, Julia Roberts is in it, along with Ethan Hawke, and uh, uh, Kevin Bacon's in it. It's based on a 2020 bestseller called Leave the World Behind. So I just go to Wikipedia, an apocalyptic psychological thriller. Uh, the plot... Amanda Sand, this this is the plot. I'll just I, I won't read this. This is too long. But what it is is um, Julie Roberts. They they you know they're New Yorkers. They go out to uh, the Hamptons for the weekend. They got this beautiful beachside home. And when they get there, they realize that the internet's not working. And um, and then there's a knock at the door, and it's the it's this African American couple. The guy from uh, the Blue Book or the Green Book, whatever the one with Vigo there, the pianist or the pianist. Excuse me. So they're there. They come back to what is they claim is their home. Although, from what I can gather, Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke don't believe them because strange things happen from that point. So the, 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 it, it demonstrates, and whether or not it was written this way, I'm assuming that the movie wasn't changed from the book, 
that the dynamics of of this was well, on paper at least is like, wow, this is a twist. We have rich, you know, jet setters from Manhattan living out in the Hamptons for a weekend in someone else's house. And then the people that actually own that house, which you would have to assume is like an Airbnb scenario, are, are African-American. So you just like, oh, well, there you go. This is a lifeboat scenario. What happens when the world ends and you put two completely dynamically different people in a lifeboat together? They got no place to go. The world apparently is coming to essentially an end, apocalyptic, thus. Uh, but it's all because the Internet has been taken over and that there's a huge blackout. And that this is something, of course, Tucker Carlson and many other pundits have been talking about. We don't need a nuclear bomb to put, to put our, our country on its knees. Uh, we need someone to actually, you know, put a, uh, a monkey wrench into the Internet and stop it completely. So that's what this is based on. But as you can see, the dynamics here is, that, oh, it's not just an apocalyptic movie about an, a meteor coming to knock us out of existence. It's, no, this is all about race. So then when you read between the lines, you, you then find out, if you do a little research, of course, that it was Barack and Michelle Obama. Because remember, back in the day, uh, they signed up right after their, they left office. And remember, both of them were running things, and for the most part, they still are. Uh, they decided to sign a, a huge contract with Netflix. So when you see the segments of this movie... You can see this, 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 I mean, here it is. You would think, oh, how do people survive at the end of the world? How can they do this? No, it's, it's not that at all. It's how can you survive with being a white person and a black person in the same room? That's what this book is. So I thought I'd bring people, to, uh, uh, everyone to that, to this, uh, this movie here. It's, it's, everyone's talking about it. It did not get good reviews. Rotten Tomatoes gives it like a 6.4 out of 10. That's not bad. But that's not too accurate because people are so, so, so enamored with the Obamas. They're gonna, it doesn't matter what uh, garbage they're associated with. They're going to say, oh, it's just brilliant, just great. And you don't see a bad review anymore. So, ever since Siskel and Ebert died, Siskel, of course, dying way earlier, or much earlier, rather, I should say, be, before um, the other dude, you really don't see a bad review. And there's, there's, there's an easy reason for that. It's because a bad review never gets published. And if it does, no one's going to read it. So when you have a good review about a bad movie, your name's going to show up on their poster. Oh, it was great. I just loved it. Look, that's my name up there, Mom. See, I'm doing something out here. I'm not living in your basement anymore. I'm a movie critic. Oh, but you, don't, you like everything. Eh, shut up, Mom. I'm making a living. So th that's the movie that people are talking about. Check it out on Netflix. I am not, repeat it, a Netflix subscriber, uh, but I know a lot of people out there. Leave the world behind. I did get a review from a conservative friend of mine. She's a crazy woman, by the way. I love her to death. She said it sucks. She fell asleep. It was a waste of time. So that's the first review I got from Cass Louise last night. 755-1240 is the number. We've got like 12 minutes left in today's show. 755-1240. If you want to reach out to me, talk about, uh, you know, I don't know, caffeinated iced tea or lemonade, whatever you want to talk about. I know Jeff talked at length today about, um, you know, the continuing story about Councilman Cliff only. we got to get Cliff in here. We really do. In fact, Jeff, uh, Jim mentioned that last Saturday night at the mayor's event there, but I haven't reached out to Cliff, but we will. But I have to make a programming note, and I mentioned his name earlier, and I'll do it again if I could just get my act together here. Tomorrow is the 14th, and I will have the new zoo director. Hopefully I'm getting his title right. He was on the Hotline Show a couple weeks back, and tomorrow, Mr. Mark Irwin will be with us here live on the Live at Five show from the zoo. He was on Jeff's show. It was very engaging, provocative, 
everything you wanted to know within, say, 50-plus minutes. And if you didn't find out enough, Mark Irwin will be here tomorrow on my show uh, for a Thursday Live at 5 show. Hi, you're in the air. Uh, good afternoon. This is your non-attorney friend. Uh, about the lemonade thing. Yeah. Uh, before they give one dime, I'm sure they're going to investigate uh, about the whereabouts of where this young man was uh, a year or two beforehand, whether or not he, whatever he did, his lifestyle is, uh, there was an autopsy. Another thing is if he had the shot. Right, right, right. You sound like my friend Liz. From right. age 18 to 65, there's a 40% increase in deaths mm-hmm. of men. Right. And I just right. have had the shot. So, I mm-hmm. mean, there's a lot, a lot of variables. All right. So, so uh, my non-lawyer friend, my Mick Kraut friend, let me ask you this. Are you suspicious of the of the stories? For instance, the sixty one year old African American actor who I really like from Brooklyn Nine Nine. He was also in A Men of a Certain Age with uh, Ray Romano about ten years ago. He died at age sixty one after a brief illness, just like uh, so many other people, Kirstie Alley, uh, and people in their early to late sixties. Now I could see guys like Ray Liotta smoking himself to death, but this latest guy had a short illness. So when you see headlines like that, do you automatically think there's a connection to what you just mentioned? Uh, well, without looking at everything, you, 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 it's not fair to say. Um, you, you really shouldn't. But, I mean, there, there is a, there's definitely an increase in uh, deaths. My, what is it? My cry, I can't pronounce it. That's my right. Cry dot is, right. No, I, I couldn't pronounce it either, so don't worry about it. Yeah, what? I know. <laughs> <laughs> you and me are the same people. Uh, but no, you, you know what I'm saying. Uh, all I'm saying is you have to look at everything. But uh, mm-hmm. long before, like the lemonade thing, mm-hmm. um, I was in the restaurant business a long time ago. And, uh, uh, you know, people, I mean, who, who knows? But before a dime is paid to these people, unless they settle mm-hmm. out of court, they may settle just as a nuisance case of, you know, a few hundred thousand or a million, even a million dollars would be less than what right. it costs to. Uh, Right. go to court, but mm-hmm. uh, say if they went to court, uh, they, they, I, I'm telling you right now, they would, if the guy was only 21 years old, they right. would want to know about his lifestyle, sure. they want to know about if, if there's a um, autopsy, uh, there's also... He had an existing yeah, uh, issue with his heart. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the guy's name was Andre Brower, B-R-A-U-G-H-E-R. He was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, a good actor. Um, just, you know, he had that look to him, big dude. And 61 years old. And then now I'm just hearing, and again, uh, Patty Smith, am I reading that right? Uh, I, I'm just looking at this for the first time, so bear with me. Patty Smith, the rocker from the 70s, 76 years old, hospitalized in Italy due to, get this, my friend, sudden illness. So again, she, granted, she's 76 years well, old. She lived like a rock star. Who the hell knows? But I see that sudden know, illness all the time. I'm, the <laughs> I'm in that age bracket, so I know. Well, it's like to not feel good, right, and uh, right, right. things can happen, and they can happen instantly. I, I mean, a matter of matter of instances, a matter of uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't and, take uh, much to know. get a clogged artery and die from it, or even something. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. Hey, but um, yeah, I, I I still say you're doing, doing. You know, you should go to work for uh, one of the national broadcasting companies or something because they. You're, I think you do a good job interviewing people. Well, really. I appreciate that, my friend. I do, but that's never going to happen because and this is uh, this is this is where I am. I know you love Here Watertown. Here I am. But... No, I don't love it. I love Watertown. I don't know if Watertown loves me, but I love Watertown. That's for darn sure. No, I do. I do. Yeah, I know. I yeah. know. I know. Yeah. I know. No, you. you no, it's. Uh, you, uh, I really appreciate you and uh, Mayor uh, Mayor Graham and yep. uh, what you're doing for this community. And uh, but it's 
I think you're you're nailing it most of the time mm-hmm. about uh, uh, national politics mm-hmm. and uh, what's going on. Uh, this this redistricting redistricting is a big deal. And I and by the way, I would oh. before I picked up the phone, I'm going to have Mario Frado calling in this Friday to talk at length about it. He knows, and and bear in mind also, Congresswoman Claudia, Claudia Tenney doesn't like this either. Uh, because this forces the issue in so many ways, but that's politics. She's going to have to, you know, uh, uh, you know, obviously politics to a years, new group of people. What was that now? It used to be once every tenth year. Every every ten, ten years. years, yeah, that was the rule. But uh, somehow that was going to be three times in four years. Well, yeah, well, yeah, right. You're absolutely well. They they actually twice. Mm, yeah, you're right. They, they changed it. No. Well, no, they, they changed, changed it, it twice already. Yeah. Yeah, because they were gerrymandering things. Even the Democratic judges said this is crazy, uh, so they kind of went with the second, with the first plans twice. So you're right. So this would be the third time, but it's supposed to happen just yeah. once, and uh, it hasn't. But listen, I got to go. I got another call, and I got to oh, do hey, a break. Hey, but thank you, Mike. I appreciate Keep it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So that would be technically the third time that we would change this. Hi, you're on the air. Thanks for waiting. Yeah, Glenn. Ninety-five milligrams of a caffeine and one cup of coffee and 50 to 80 in green tea. Here's what I wanted to ask Joe, though. When you take things in big, bigger doses, in other words, if you were to drink, say, 10 cups of coffee in 20 minutes, your heart rate is obviously going to go up. But if you drink two or three of these, uh, these uh, lemonade things with 367, whatever, is that equivalent to 20 cups of coffee? That's what I wanted to ask Joe, but I didn't want to give him a math examination, so I never went there. And you, you said something about people dying of short illness. Yeah, that right. That doesn't mean they were sick. I came down with something... A little over a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and the doctor told me I I had that problem for a long time. Mm. It's just that I did, I you know I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell, or I didn't want to know. Right, because a lot of people don't want to go to the doctor. Right, right, and um, right, and so a short illness could be something that was bugging somebody for you know a year or two. Right, like he told me. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, that's the caffeine. Yeah. Have you Googled coffee, the be- the health benefits? Uh, no, I know there's health benefits to coffee and wine. Yeah. I know wine's good for the heart, too, done once again in moderation. Yeah. Uh, Google the health benefits of uh, coffee, but you still can't overdo right. anything. Right. You know? Okay, Glenn. I agree. I totally agree. And by the way, for the record, I don't go to Starbucks. To me, it's like drinking, I don't know, it's, it's, it's heavy. It's like molasses coffee, and it's way too expensive. I go, you know where I go for my coffee and a sandwich? I've said this before. You know, it's like Yogi Berra. It's the opposite of Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra said something, like many things. He says, nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. It's an oxymoron, obviously. It's a yogiism. Nobody goes there. It's too crowded. It gets early. It gets late early out there in left field, the Yankee Stadium. It, it, even though it doesn't make any sense, you know exactly what he's talking about. On the other end, go to a place where nobody goes, and you're going to get the best deal. You might have to wait a little bit because they're short-staffed like the rest of the world. But Tim Hortons, right there on Out of Coffee Street, and Jim's going to jump. And say, they're not advertising. Go there. You can get a, a nice-sized sandwich cut in half, and it's toasted, by the way. Ham and cheese. they got other varieties. Then you get an orange juice and your choice of either a donut or muffin. And, of course, a drink with that, it could be orange juice or tea. And, by the way, orange juice is like $5 an ounce these days. It's absurd. But all of that for $7, that includes tax. It's like $7.21. It's exactly what you need. You don't need the big-ass fries. You know, my goodness gracious, i got to lose weight. 
Nothing worse than, you know, thinking that you're, you know, in good shape and then you say, oh, my God, look at my stomach, man. What the frick's going on here? It's the freaking French fries. That's why I ask you. Not to mention I'm 61 years old in a couple of weeks. But nonetheless, I'm trying to slim down. Actually, I talked to a client who said that uh, I think he learned this on the Joe Rogan show. I can't hack the Joe Rogan show. If you hear me for 10 seconds, you know I speak very quickly. Joe Rogan seems he's got to be on something, quaaludes or smoking something or other. But he's doing it right, my friends, because he's making a boatload of money. But he talks about how you can lose weight. I think it was Dana White. He said, if you could just go without eating anything, just drink water for three days. It's amazing the transformation in your body. Now, the big story in recent days is Oprah Winfrey for the 19th time is down to a size six again. And she's looking like uh, Al Roker <clears throat> with, with a wig and makeup. She doesn't look right, but she's not overweight. So now she's feeling good about herself. But she's been doing the, what, what does she do? The, uh, which one is she? Weight Watches, right? Isn't that, doesn't she have ownership in that? Well, now they're finding out that she didn't entirely use Weight Watches to lose her weight. She, like the rest of Hollywood and America for that matter, and our own Jim Levin, are using Ozempic as a means of losing weight. And I, again, like so, so many things. And if you look at guys like Jonah Hill, who you know, as good as of an actor as he is, he's very self-conscious about this, and I get it. But he's got one of the worst bodies on the planet. So he recently came out uh, in, in public, and he looks like he just went through Auschwitz. And I know that's a horrible thing to say, plus he's a Jewish gentleman. But he doesn't look right. Oprah doesn't look right. And just like uh, Howard Stern said, it's like back in the day, it was willpower. To, you know, put the, put the candy down. Don't eat too much at McDonald's. Don't go to McDonald's at all. Today, you just take a pill. So if I'm on this show three, four, five years from now, if not sooner, and talking to Joe Stanley, I can almost guarantee you that people are going to be dropping dead for, as a result of this. This can't be natural. This can't. Here's someone, Oprah Winfrey, she looks like she's, I, I just, she doesn't look right, but she lost a boatload of money. She didn't even get it from the own product that she's been uh, pushing on everyone for the last 20 years, and she took a pill to get rid of it. Nonetheless, that will be a discussion you watch with Joe Stanley. What do people do with a class action suit against Ozempic? It didn't have the right label on there. And, of course, they'll say, well, it wasn't meant for weight loss to begin with, dummies. It was for your heart and diabetes, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, and uh, thank you, each and every one of you, for listening to today's uh, program, plus our, 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 our lawyer friend, who's not really a lawyer, for the compliments, and our real lawyer friend, Attorney Joe Stanley, for doing his weekly call here on a Wednesday. So again, Mark Irwin tomorrow, he's going to be doing the whole show with me from the zoo, and we'll have a discussion with Mario Frado about the redistricting on Friday. So that will be the next two days. But for now, for the Wednesday show right here, this is WATN uh, 1240 Watertown. Up next, CBS News. We'll see you tomorrow. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Monica Ricks, and we are following breaking news from Capitol Hill. On this vote, the yeas are 221 and the nays are 212. The resolution is adopted.